This is Pace of Love, honest conversations about parenting, the adoption journey, and how we can look after ourselves whilst we look after our littles. Today I'm joined by Laura, an adoptive mum to twins. They moved in in February, about six months ago now, and they're just under two years old. In this episode, we're going to talk about birth family contact, which I imagine is going to be a really emotive subject for both of us. And it can be a really challenging one because as adoptive parents, you don't get to choose necessarily um, how much goes on and how much contact you're going to get back. Thank you for joining me today, Laura. How are you? Hi, Molly. Yeah, I'm good, actually. Pretty sleep deprived, but that's been fairly consistent for the last six months. So it's nothing unusual. Um, And it's just really nice to be chatting to you today. Yeah, I hear you on the sleep deprived. Our little one is currently doing a lot of coming into our room at 1am and then deciding that her favourite game is going to be kicking me in the kidneys. (laughs) And I'm also recovering from some dental work. So yeah, tired is an excellent way, I think, of describing our household at the moment too. Um, So I like to start with talking about your family and how it came to form. So could you introduce us to your clan, please? So up until six months ago, um, our family kind of looked um, like me and my partner and our little dog. Um, it was kind of not not stressful at all. It was very quiet. Um, we kind of lived this carefree lifestyle. Um, so I guess we so we've been together for almost seven years, and we over that time have had some conversations about about having children, but it's never really um, it had never really gone further than just a general conversation. Um, I think my partner, he'd always thought that, you know, if you asked him, he, he kind of says, I thought I'd just get married and have two children and kind of live this 2.4 family um, lifestyle. Um, I, I, being totally honest, didn't really have that or didn't think I had that maternal instinct. Um, and I guess was a little bit selfish in life you know we both had good jobs we both have good jobs we have a busy life we have lots of friends and you know do lots of socializing and and kind of the thought of um bringing children into that was a bit i guess i mean i wasn't totally sure that's what i wanted um and then covid happened and this is going to sound maybe bizarre to some people but i guess all of the stuff that we did pre-lockdown so that socializing that kind of busy hectic carefree lifestyle kind of went out the window and suddenly we were locked in a house and we couldn't do all those things and it really made certainly made me think about about life and about you know were were we living the best life or were we just living a life that we thought we wanted um so anyway, there's kind of um, a lot of that sort of stuff going on in my mind, um, and I kind of pushed it down, I guess. Um, fast forward, so probably to this autumn of 2021, um, and a lot of my friends were starting to have children and settling down, and you know, I was seeing how much, how much, you know, stress, but also the joy and the satisfaction that that kind of brought them, and I. F- felt like I was missing out 
And I kind of tried to explore about why, why are you so unsure? What is it that you're worried about? And, and this is totally um, honest and frank, is that actually I didn't really want to go through pregnancy and childbirth. I didn't have that desire. I don't know whether there's that. I don't, you know, I don't know why that feeling isn't there. Um, but I certainly didn't really have that. And I guess at the time, I also wasn't sure I wanted to have the whole newborn baby um, and kind of all those sleepless nights. Um, so, yeah, so um, then in about, uh, I kind of kept that to myself and didn't really talk about that. Um, and then in the December, I um, my partner came home from work and I said, oh, I've got something I want, to, I want to talk to you about. And he said, oh, OK, so we've done all right. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And I just kind of blurted it straight out. I was like, what do you think about adoption? And he was like, I think it's wonderful. And I kind of didn't take me aback because I know him really well. And I know that he has such a wonderful, kind heart that he loves to help people. And um, I thought, yeah, you know, if there were any anybody that was going to kind of do this, he would be the person that I would want to do that, you know, to, to, to go on that journey or, or certainly explore that journey with. So anyway, I kind of, I said, look, I really want you to just think about this because it's a big thing. I had done a lot of research and um, a lot of reading and knew a lot more about it. And I didn't want him to feel like he was forced into something. So I said, look, I'm booked on a, an information session. And um, if you want to come along, then you you can do. Um, um, and if you uh, don't, then I'm just going to go anywhere and see kind of what it's about. And he said, no, absolutely. I really want to come. So we went on that information uh, sharing session um, with uh, a regional adoption agency. And we heard all the process. And then we agreed after that not to talk about it for about a week. Um, just to kind of kind of process it all really um anyway fast forward through the process we went into the process we went through the process and we both um kind of thought that we wanted a preschooler and um, one child and i'm currently sat in a house with two under twos and it's the wildest adventure we have ever been on yeah i remember when we met as part of the sort of support group obviously one of the first questions you ask people who are going through the adoption process is okay so do you have an idea of kind of your matching profile and and kind of what you're looking for um and i think a lot of us ended up with slightly different than what we'd originally said but i do remember you two being like yeah no definitely not a baby <laughs> and then and thinking about sort of one at once or one at a time certainly um, and then you just fell in love with these twins and we were all so excited for you but I know it's made it really really intense and honestly Laura hats off to you for two at once because I have started to be doing like babysitting recently with my some of my friends children and the increase in complexity from having one to more than one is just amazing it's like you know there's one is a lot and then two feels like it should be about twice as hard but it definitely isn't um but i think you fall in love with who you fall in love with don't you or i don't know if fall in love is the right word with matching but you're drawn to a profile and there's something in you that says yeah i think i think this could be the one or i think these two could be could be our children and you basically can't fight it really can you even if in your head you're like oh but we didn't want to do the nappies thing like if you end up with the children or the child that is meant to be with you I think even if in your head beforehand it maybe looks a bit different oh totally um 
you know, people when they're kind of in the process um, will always, you know, kind of ask, um, well, how do you know? How will you know? And I, I guess we ask that question of ourselves a lot. Um, and I can't, I can't put it into words. You just know. And um, I think for us, there was a lot of trust to put in um, our social workers. Um, you know, they kind of had this up their sleeve. And um, yeah, when 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 we saw the profile for, for these two it was just, um, it's kind of not, it's not love at first sight. I don't know, maybe it is for some people. Um, but it was just, there was no reason to say no. And we felt financially, emotionally, practically, um, we had the ability to to give these children the home that they that they needed. And um, don't get me wrong, there are some days I think, oh my gosh, how how am I even doing this, or how are we going to get through today? But we do, and we laugh um, sometimes till I cry. Um, but generally, you know, it's, it's the best thing. They are amazing, and yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, it definitely gets to the point where you can't imagine it ever having been someone else. So that's certainly how it sort of felt like for us. Of Yeah, there were other profiles we considered or looked at, but she's our daughter now. So why would it have been anyone else? And it feels like, yeah, it works out how it's supposed to. And there is a huge element of faith in the professionals around you going, no, we think you can cope with this child. And also that we think that you'll be a good match and that you'll make a good forever family, essentially. Um, and of course, we both have to contend with the fact that we're not their only family, which is what we're going to talk about today. And I know that you've recently had a really intense experience because you've met some of the birth family of your little one. So can you tell us a little bit about sort of what led up to that? Is that something that the social workers asked you to do is it something that you instigated kind of how does the process work I suppose if you could give a little overview of how it's worked for you of getting to that meeting yeah so I guess as you all know Molly um because we did the same training that um right from the early stage of the process there's kind of quite a lot of discussion around um kind of birth family and the children's birth story and um, they kind of start to explore with you how you would feel um, about meeting your children's children's birth family um, and I remember um, when we were first asked um, we kind of looked at each other and without hesitation you know we were both feeling quite happy uh, happy to do that and um, providing it was safe and appropriate for everyone involved and we didn't kind of see an issue and actually kind of really felt the benefit um, of that for both us and for our children in the future. Um, and for for our children's birth family to know that, to know about us and to know that their children are safe and looked after, we kind of hoped would be quite helpful for them. Obviously, when you go, you kind of continue through your process, and as you again are more than aware, Molly, adoption is um, it's a crazy roller coaster of emotions, and there's highs, really big highs, and then you know lows, and I suppose um, you know we they kept revisiting our thoughts around birth family, 
um, and we were kind of given lots of um, kind of emerging research and some documents to look at and some videos to watch about young people who were like in their teens who had had um, direct contact with um, with birth parents and how that had impacted on them um, and the benefit that, that that I'd had and it kind of you know all the videos we watched were you know kind of about um, adopters who had um, met birth family members and how positive it had been for their both them and um, and the children so that kind of further reinforced our belief that this would be the right thing when the right time came that that would be the right thing for us to do so if I kind of rewind a little bit so about four to six weeks after the children came to live with us um we were asked by the children's social worker to um, write what's called a setting in letter. And um, they kind of gave us some templates to look at. And I just felt like they were really cold. Um, and I totally understand that you can't, you know, we can't share great in-depth personal um, details. Um, but actually, I felt like I could do a bit of a better job. So um, I uh, remember putting the children down um, for their morning nap when nap times were consistent um and i knew that i had a couple of hours every morning um and i sat down with a pen and paper and i kind of began to write and um i kind of just tried to make it as warm as i possibly could um and like i said i didn't share masses of personal stuff but i um I wrote about uh, some of our children's physical um, features that are really uh, wonderful. So um, our little boy has the most amazing infectious giggle. Molly, you've heard him, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, And uh, our little girl has the most piercing uh, blue eyes. So I kind of wrote about that and I hope that they could kind of connect with that um and then i wrote a bit a bit about all the things that we enjoy doing the things that we like to go on you know bike riding and um uh, swimming and you know going to parks and going on lovely walks um and i wrote some a little bit about some of the develop developmental stuff that was happening for them so um our little girl was starting to take some steps um and our little boy was um he'd started to use a spoon um which uh to to eat his meals which was causing all kinds of um mess really <laughs> but it felt nice to write about and i hope there was a little bit of warm um appropriate humor in there that again like i say they they could connect with and i wasn't sure that i would get a response from that but actually um that was sent and within an hour we had uh, had a response that um yeah it was really really emotional um to read and um yeah so i guess that was the first contact that we'd had with birth family and from that i kind of knew that we definitely wanted to do this meeting and i kind of got a sense that actually that meeting would go fairly well um don't ask me how i knew that i just kind of had this kind of gut feeling that actually things would be okay yeah we had a similar thing with the settling in letter that they sent us some examples and it was all kind of very cold and didn't it almost felt like they were letters that weren't being written to another person so we really made sure to write about things that we're going to connect with the birth family that we knew so for example as we were fostering our little one at first we took her to birth family contact and 
she was seeing her birth mother there who gave her presents most weeks so our house has got lots of different objects and we know who they're from we know that they're from her um, and one of them in particular has become a favorite of mini zulu so it was really nice to be able to put in the letter you know when we go out and about she takes this toy with her because that's a way of of really personalizing but it was a, it's a strange one because my husband had met her briefly through having to do family contact because that really calmed our little one down sort of having that physical handover between between birth like birth mum and him he sort of met her I'd seen her sort of in the car park but hadn't spoken to her but yeah really trying to make sure that it wasn't just a list of things that she'd done but yeah trying to bring her alive in the paper but also kind of go yeah we do we do remember what you've done as well and your part in her life so far um, and we made sure to kind of end it with promises that we're going to do our very best and, and that kind of let it's a strange letter to write I think because you don't want it to sound like things are too amazing either because also you're aware of the loss of the other side the person receiving this letter has lost everything that you've gained which I found really hard to kind of emotionally deal with as well yeah it's it's really hard to kind of wrap your head around unless you've kind of been in that situation um but I think it's just really important to remember that we're all human and and the loss that that these people are feeling is um is incredible and it really I find it very very emotional if I'm being totally honest really hard sometimes um to think about that um so yeah I think it's it's a fine balance and, and it sounds like we were kind of on the same um kind of on the same path Molly there to to achieve the same thing and um you know when you were saying um it's funny when you were just saying about the the toy that you know that you have and and your little one kind of carries around um our birth family sung a song to our children and um completely coincidentally um there is a picture above their bed and the lyrics to that song are above there which is um yeah crazy um but also really lovely i am probably hearing my voice tearing up listening to that amazing coincidence the fact that the song that their birth parents sang to them is now in their new room just feels like this amazing I guess moment of the universe coming together somehow and linking two families in a way that you had no idea could happen it's incredible when these kind of things happen and, and come together so after you'd written the letter um, and got a response what were the next steps with kind of arranging that meeting and how were you feeling about it so we agreed a date for the the birth family meeting and we agreed a location and um obviously thinking practically about that what we needed to do was have somebody care for our children and um and i'd not actually left them since you know since they came home to live with us so that took um sort of a, a few months to, to to get to that point of leaving the children with a with a family member 
Um, so that kind of practicality of that. Um, and then um, a few weeks before the meeting, we kind of agreed to um, each write some questions so that actually in that kind of intense um, kind of meeting environment that A, people got a chance to ask the questions that they really, really wanted to ask. And, that, you know, you don't kind of get overwhelmed with the emotion and forget to to ask that because obviously you know the idea of this meeting is that it's a it's a once off um thing to do so we wrote some questions and we kind of um sent those to be shared with the birth family so that um they kind of knew what they were coming into because there's a power imbalance here isn't there you know like i didn't sleep for a few weeks i fretted about what to wear um what they would think of me of us um you know all of those kind of things I was so 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 nervous I felt sick but actually you know when you really think about it like we knew all about their story they knew nothing about us and that must have been so so hard so to be able to kind of do that preparation and give them the questions it kind of felt like we were leveling out the playing field a little bit if that kind of makes sense and I guess um, what might be interesting to think about is the, the, the types of questions that we asked. So the types of questions that we asked were, um, you know, uh, why did you choose the children's names? Um, what significance were their middle names? Um, how was the pregnancy? Uh, what do you recall about the first moments after they were born? Um, how did you meet? um what was your favorite food did you enjoy school what kind of you know do you have any special interests or hobbies um and then um probably more powerful questions like um is there anything that you want the children to know in the future um which feels like a really big question um and is there anything that you want us to know that you've not felt able to share with professionals before that you think would be helpful for um us when we're we're kind of you know as the children grow and and develop um so we kind of thought about all those questions and and sent those off um so that they can yeah they they had an idea of what we were going to ask and hopefully that kind of took a little bit of the nerves away yeah i think those sorts of questions are so important and that's one reason where i'd really really love to meet little one's birth family we've not had an opportunity to yet we've had a little bit of contact back which I'll I'll talk about but the paperwork is so dry um, and also by necessity it's the court justifying why a child can't stay with certain people or can't be looked after by the birth family so essentially it's all the stuff that their cha- it's all their challenges it's all the things where things have gone wrong or maybe they've made they've made decisions that you know haven't led to them being able to keep their birth children and so you know a lot of it is quite negative stuff really to be sort of really honest about it and I'd be really interested and I am still really keen to get more information because otherwise the things I'm going to be telling Minnie Dulu will be true and they're things that you know she needs to know about when she's old enough but I'd love to be able to tell her a bit about, you know, what this is what your birth mum's favourite colour was, or these were the hobbies of your birth dad as he was growing up. Because at the moment, we have got quite a scarcity of that sort of information. We did ask social workers for it, and 
we've got a little bit more information. We've got these little snippets that we can give her. But yeah, it would be amazing to have the opportunity to round them out really as people, I guess, because the paperwork isn't about giving you the funny things or the interesting things or the bits that that make them an individual. It's it's all about these are the reasons why this child is in care, which are obviously really important, but it doesn't give you the full picture. Do you remember what it was like the first time you saw them? Kind of what were the first few, I guess, few seconds or few minutes like? Because I can only imagine that that is unbelievably intense walking into a room, knowing how important the people are in front of you, but also how important you are to them. So on the day of the meeting, so actually the few nights before, I mean, a lot of people know that I'm a terrible sleeper anyway, but particularly when something is on my mind, the night time seems to be the time that it kind of creeps creeps up on me. And so I'd not slept for a few nights and um, kind of got up. And obviously when you've got children, you haven't got time to kind of think about what's happening later on in the day. You've kind of got to focus on what's what's going on in the hair and now and so those kind of feelings of nerves were kind of pushed pushed to the back um so we uh i had to kind of overcome leaving (laughs) my children um which was a very new thing for us um but they were in very very safe capable hands um and we went uh to meet our social worker and then she um, drove us to the venue and when we got to the venue, um, I was kind of, I was kind of feeling okay, um, but then I got out of the car and I, my legs were like really wobbly, and I could feel myself kind of getting emotional and the, the build up inside me, um, and I just had to take a moment before, before we went in. So then we kind of went in into the building, um, and we got a meeting room towards the back. We arrived first, so. You kind of just, like, I think I was just pacing up and down, really. And, uh, yeah, then, then they arrived. And instantly felt okay. Um, and I kind of wanted to make sure that they were okay. So, you know, I was like, oh, can I get you a drink? Like, and there was a sofa and these horrible office chairs. I was like, you have the sofa, like, make yourself comfortable. And we kind of shook hands. We just kind of sat down. Um, and then I think we all kind of took a moment just to take a deep breath. So we need to, of course, protect the privacy of everybody involved in this meeting. But can you tell us a little bit about kind of what went on in that hour? Is there anything that particularly sticks with you that you found really valuable um, or anything that you found particularly hard? Kind of leave it up to you, really, sort of how much you want to share about about that meeting and how it was for you. Yeah, I guess um, I want, yeah, I want to kind of say thank you, Molly, too, for, for, for acknowledging the, the need to protect everybody's privacy in regards to this. I guess one of the reasons I'm doing this today is to perhaps, you know, if it reaches somebody who is on this wild adventure slash journey and they are faced with the question of do you want to meet birth family or do you feel able to meet birth family that... You know, if they're in any doubt or they're unsure or they're scared or they're nervous or actually, you know, maybe they're just thinking, no, that's not for me. I kind of hope that this may somehow just change their thought process a little bit. We started the meeting by just sharing some up to date photos, which kind of broke the ice really nicely and kind of sharing where the kids were at. So what they're into, what they're enjoying, developmentally, where they're at, you know, and it brought some 
some giggles and a few happy tears. And actually, when those photos were shared, they kind of voiced how happy the children looked. And um, that was amazing to hear, but also really hard, because I imagine that actually it's really hard for someone to say that the children looked happy and whilst there with us. Um, yeah, that was, that was hard, but amazing to hear in a selfish point. Maybe. So yeah, so then we kind of just moved on to chatting. Like it was like we had known each other before. We laughed and we shared information. You know, we learned all the anecdotal bits that are not captured in reports. They're not captured in the the assessments, the court reports. You know, all the bits that one day our children will ask those questions and they'll want the answers. And I feel like we can do that now. They didn't have any wild questions for us which is fine they did um ask if our children will keep their names which we absolutely said yes to um and they seemed surprised by that and then they asked um would we would we write to them would we do the letterbox contact they again seemed surprised when we said yes and we kind of made them a promise there and then that we would make sure that we wrote uh, when we were supposed to write and that we would include as much information as was appropriate and and helpful for them. Yeah, they, you know, they we we just chatted and we laughed and we cried. It's such a surreal experience, you know. Your worlds collided, and the thing that's brought you together is your your love for these children. And that was obvious on everybody's kind of side. You know, you could you could feel the love for these children. We had a photo together, so we were asked how we all felt, and actually we felt that, that was. That was okay and we wanted our children to have that photo for their life storybook and to look back on and the photo was was warm and it was genuine so we will get a copy of that uh, like i say to pop in their life storybook yeah it's just just lots of talking and lots of information sharing but it wasn't it wasn't a really um structured conversation you know and just that we shared the same uh, wants for our children in the future. You know, there was a mutual agreement about we want the children to be happy, to be healthy, to be safe, and to go on to do whatever they want to do in life. And to know that they were always loved. And uh, and we uh, we promised to make sure that they knew that. I don't kind of want to go into any more detail than that. But it was incredibly invaluable. And yeah, just... I think I'm probably still processing a lot of a lot of what of a lot of that experience. But yeah, we laughed until we cried and we cried until we laughed. And we held each other it's quite powerful, one mother to another mother. And um yeah, I promised to always share their story openly and honestly, no secrets. And um to kind of just see what the future holds really and see where we all are. But yeah, that's their meeting um and then you know it has to come to an end i think we probably could have sat there for a lot longer and talked and talked and talked but you know those things are not you know you, unfortunately you can't i kind of managed to hold it together until we got outside and then whew, just a lot of emotion came tumbling out um, and clearly still a lot of emotion built up inside <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that laura um <laughs> i am struggling to talk a little bit because what really comes through for me yeah is the love that was in that room and I can only imagine how 
intense that was as a process but you saying that you I think the thing that really gets me is the one mother to another thing and as much as it's hard I think as an adoptive mum to sometimes accept that our little people have another mum that is the truth of it and your attitude and love towards your twin's birth mother just really comes through and that's such a beautiful thing that your little ones were loved by their birth family and are loved by their birth family and are loved by you and I think it's going to be so important and powerful for them to be able to look at this picture of the four of you and for you to be able to talk about that meeting so thank you so much for sharing what sounds like a really 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 special moment in your lives with me I'm so appreciative oh I feel like I need to (laughs) take some deep breaths myself and kind of get get back to a more even keel because all of this process is so charged with emotion but I think anything to do with birth family always feels super intense for me so how do you think things are going to look going forward I know that you mentioned letterbox contact there which I was quite surprised that they were surprised because I well I suppose my impression was that kind of everybody does do letterbox contact but I don't know if that's me being naive and maybe I know that sometimes it kind of falls apart after a few years actually maybe but do you how do you feel about for example if your little ones wanted to meet their birth relatives when they're older is that something that you can see kind of being facilitated or do you think that that meeting sort of was it and that's the last of that you'll see them I know that this may be something you can't answer at this point so I think that's a really big question um Molly and one that I guess we've been battling one that we've had very different discussions around um so we will absolutely do letterbox contact yeah I feel I feel like I'm not quite sure how how to answer so that at this moment in time I guess just to give you some of our thoughts um certainly for me I'm I'm thinking you know we won't have this big you turn 18 and and want to meet your birth family and we'll you know that that's when we'll do it I I don't I don't envisage that in our lives I kind of see um you know when whenever they feel that the time is right for them then we will be more than happy to to facilitate that in a safe and appropriate way um for everyone you know i think we were living in a, a in a day and an age where children young people are very tech savvy they will go online they will use social media and I, you know who knows what that will look like in 10 15 years time and you know i want our children to feel supported um to to kind of explore their birth story and their birth family um, and that's why we've kind of vowed to be completely open and transparent you know age appropriate but absolutely um but adoption is part of our you know it is part of our conversation already it's part of our lives there is never going to be a sit down surprise today's the day we tell you you know actually you, you know you're adopted so I hope that our children will find that openness and that transparency helpful um, for when when the time comes when they feel able to, you know, or wanting to, to kind of explore birth family and birth parents. So, yeah, I I guess, you know, I am aware there are 
uh, families who have adopted and have um, direct annual contact with birth family. Um, that's not something I've ruled out in my mind. It's something that I'm certainly open to exploring. Um, is it something that I want to do immediately? My heart says no. Um, I feel like our children are very young and they need time to understand their story, to understand the reasons that people made decisions um, around, you know, what what their future looked like and, and you know, and I guess, oh gosh, it's so, so hard with, to kind of think about it. Um, and also, I guess as a family, we need time to establish ourselves. So I'm not sure that answers your question. Um, but I guess there are some of the thoughts that are kind of whirling around our minds at this moment in time. Yeah, thanks, Laura. I think that that question actually is so impossible to answer. So, yeah, thank you for kind of talking me through, I guess, yeah, what your your thoughts are on it. Um, I think you're totally right in that we're in a day and an age with technology and social media that we don't know what it's going to look like in the future. And that if our children want to find their birth family, they're going to do it behind our backs unless we're open about it because there's so many different avenues and way of ways of doing it and and yeah there's part of me that loves the idea of kind of some direct contact as my little one grows up but I also totally get what you're saying that it feels huge and this need to like establish ourselves as this forever family first before that is facilitated if it is facilitated if it's appropriate and we also have to bear in mind that for the birth family, for some birth families, they're not going to want to do that because for them, they also need some closure. Um, but I mean, it's so complicated, isn't it? There's so many relationships and people's feelings and everything moves and changes all the time. But I'm quite jealous of your situation, actually, because we did our setting, setting in letters and yeah, we wrote to three birth relatives and two of them didn't get back to us at all. One of them, though, did send some photos via the social worker and it was so lovely that we're going to have these photos of her life and being able to show her who she lived with. Because that was a real missing piece in her life story book where there were some names, but not really much substance. So I'm so grateful for them for feeling like they could share photos of them and, and of her life because she, she did lots of things like family weddings and significant events. And it's going to be great to be able to go, no, look, here are your cousins, etc so that she's got a bit more of that filled in but well we'll see we've said that we're still really open to the idea of a direct meeting even though the adoption order's gone through now and she's all sort of legally ours and all the rest of it because it sounds like your experience has been invaluable but I can't even imagine how hard it is from the other side so completely appreciate why her birth family feel like they can't meet us or certainly can't meet us at the moment the message we got back essentially was that they just it's just too hard at the moment which you know i can i can't even imagine how hard it is from their end i'm so 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 pleased that you were able to get those photos and those memories molly for you and uh for your little one i just think obviously our circumstances as you're aware are, are quite different and we kind of know all the gaps because of our children's journey to living with us um but i can't imagine you know those gaps and not 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 knowing and it's it's I, I don't know whether it's the same for you but a lot of people will say to us oh my gosh it's like they've always been with you it's like you've always been a family but actually six months ago we weren't and if if we didn't have the information that we have now 
you know, then there'd be a whole chunk missing. And how do you ever explain that, that to your children? So, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you were able to get those photos and those memories. And, you know, I, I totally hear, you know, you, you kind of beat me to it. And um, I was going to add that actually it, there are other people to consider when we think about contact and it just might be too hard um for, for for birth family and and i can't i can't even begin to imagine that um so yeah i really really hope that the future you may get that meeting um i know no matter what happens you will do your very best um for your little one and and that's that's all you can do so this is the part on the show where i like to ask you what are you proud of your children for and what are you proud of you for can be something from the last week can be something sort of in general but if you go first and then i'll add mine ah so what am i uh proud of them for this week i'm probably really proud of our little boy who is trying really hard with his with his walking and so he's a little bit delayed in his walking but um we're having some physio input and he is trying so so hard and every time he makes an effort to stand up um you know we have to do the whole big big clapping thing um but it's just so wonderful to see that the delight on his face so i'm so proud of him for keep trying and for our little girl um so she seems to have some issues around kind of textures and food and she was sticking to kind of three meals which was um you know when you're making cottage pie every night it's a little gets a little bit boring um but actually she has eaten um a different meal every evening and um, this week and tried um a couple of different snacks i'm super proud of that for me um i'm starting to um leave the children um with trusted family members and getting a bit of me back so we've started back at the gym um, and I've been going to a friend's for coffee and kind of building that time up. Um, and that's been really, really hard. I totally underestimated how hard it was, uh, how hard it would be to leave the children. So I'm super proud of myself at that. So I am so proud of you too, Laura. That is such a huge step, going out and getting some time to yourself. And it's so nerve-wracking, isn't it, the first time? And then you come back and the person who's looking after them is usually like, oh yeah, they were completely fine. And you kind of want them to not tell you that. <laughs> well, that's what we found anyway. I'm proud of me actually for letting my standards slip a little bit. So a friend invited me to the park and the first thing that came into my head was, like, oh no, I need to have a shower first and we should really walk down there because it's close. And But little one didn't want to change out of her pyjama top. She didn't want to get in the, she wouldn't want to get in the pram. And I probably could have spent an hour kind of slowly therapeutically parenting sorting all these things through but actually what I did was just let her keep her pajamas on bunged a jumper on over the top got us in the car we drove down to the park and it was all kind of things that are completely perfectly acceptable but didn't live up to my normal standard of what I like to do if you like so I'm really proud of myself for going to you know what no what we what we both need is some exercise some fresh air and some time to see our friends and I went with the path of least resistance, if you like. I absolutely love that. Like, if I could get away with wearing my pyjamas all of the time, then oh, you'd just be living the dream. I think that's great, guys. Yeah, I mean, pyjamas are just the greatest thing, really, aren't they? <laughs> also wanted to add that I can just imagine the twins getting excited about trying new food and your little boy, like, trying to walk because he's been so determined to move 
and to be able to do that for so long it's brilliant to hear that he's making progress proud of my little one this week i think is making friends like she's starting to show interest in other children like if we go to the park and things um and it's just really nice seeing her be so confident and it's making me feel a little bit less terrified about nursery as well because obviously she's suddenly in a situation where she's with loads of other kids that she's had a little bit of practice with i suppose with like toddler groups and things but for like a whole day this is going to be new so it's it's been really cool watching her kind of confidence grow with other people i think you should be incredibly proud of that and actually I think you should be incredibly proud that Minnie Dooley is like one of the kindest, kindest little girls I've ever encountered. She is always amazing with my two. So it doesn't surprise me that she's getting more and more confident. And I think she's just going to do fabulous at nursery. She's going to be one of those kids where everybody wants to be her friend. Um, oh, it's so nice to talk about, you know, you know, when you're in, you're in it and you're living it every single day, you kind of don't take note of all the wonderful things um your children do every day i think it's it's really nice to kind of reflect on that actually yeah that's been one of the unexpected side benefits actually of doing this little segment at the end of like proud of me proud of them is that every week i get to do that and think about sort of how well she's doing because yeah when you're in the day-to-day it can be so easy to think about the things that you struggle with um or the things that are hard but actually they're they're doing so much each week especially at this age I think there's so much you see so much sort of change and development which is lovely well thank you so much for joining me and for sharing about such an emotive topic Laura it's been amazing and thank you for having me um it's been really really good to talk and um yeah have a good week and I shall see you very soon if you enjoyed today's episode please remember to rate it and subscribe to help other people find us you can join the conversation with me on instagram at pace.parenting or on facebook at pace parenting i'd love to hear from you